0: Good morning, everybody. It is April 23rd, 2022, and this is episode four of Between Two Coins. It's going to be a great day. I got some great people here on the show with me. I don't know if you're listening to this on YouTube or on Spotify. Either way, I hope you guys are about to enjoy the next 45 minutes to maybe 60 minutes of your life, depending on how long this goes. You never know. I'm joined by uh, the third greatest co-host of all time, uh, Smainel. How are you doing today? Hello. Good. Like to keep it short professional to the point yes has there been an update to any uh, of our preferred listeners and what their likelihood of uh, listening to this channel are or are we sticking with the same as episode one pretty high pretty high it's good to know good well we're joined by a very familiar face some of you guys have seen him on the channel numerous times it's old kelly Kolum. how you doing today kelly i'm
1: doing good man i'm just happy that uh this week's starting to show a little bit of Life in the markets, but I'm just good. I'm up back up here in New York, you know, I'm back and forth between Florida and down uh, down there with you guys and up here and uh, just been working on a bunch of stuff for Club DeFi and enjoying spending time with my wife and I don't know if you could see it. Yeah, there are two doggies sleeping back here. Yeah. Uh, for those that watch uh, C- coffee and crypto regularly, you'll notice you probably might be wondering what which dog is ours. Well, we don't actually don't have a dog, but my wife started a dog business during the pandemic. Uh, and it's basically just been an ongoing thing. We always have dogs here. We're hosting at our house, and she's out actually walking some dogs right now. So we always got a house full of critters here. It uh, helps keep you grounded, you know, and uh, really test your patience sometimes. But you yeah. know what? You just got to love these animals. Low-key,
0: that's, right. that's kind of the play. If you're a dog lover, but you got a busy life, don't own any. Just opening a dog, well, watching business. That's the same amount, if not more, responsibility. No, because anytime you want to turn that that faucet off and you just want no dogs for a couple of days, you just don't accept any clients. That's true. That is true. Yeah. I think that's less it's, ab- it's, mm, go
1: it, ahead. Go ahead. No, it's just one of those things, you know, like uh, it's kind of like a reminder for any of us. I don't care what economic strata you're in, uh, what job you used to have, what a lot of a lot of times we like tie what it is we do or what we won't do to what our idea of ourself is in our head. Right. And so, you know, sometimes like, for instance, the pandemic was a great time, a great uh, sort of lens on that where a lot of there's a lot of people out of work and some people couldn't find jobs but sometimes they're only looking for the exact thing that they thought their identity was you know my wife uh, my wife and I were a little bit bored after doing absolutely nothing for about three months and she just said you know what I want to go out and move my body uh, so she took on the dog walking thing just to just to basically get paid to go walk and, and you know move her body and it just became this thing that turned into a business so it's just like anything you know opportunities around any any sort of doorstep, as long as you allow yourself to explore them and see them as an option. And, you know, it's I never would have thought dog walking business was some incredible business, but, you know, it's several thousand dollars a month, uh, extra income just on the side for- having dogs that we're hanging out with all the time so it's like yeah. there's opportunities out there if you just acknowledge them you know that's absolutely true well here's
0: a good thing we have gotten to spend a lot of time with kelly a lot of you guys like i said before have seen him on the show on coffee and crypto a lot some of you probably have not heard his story so i wanted to give today an opportunity to you guys to see the behind the scenes of who kelly kellum is hear his story and some of the, you know you never know i'm a suit i'm I think the probability of Smee and I hearing a brand new story from Kelly is probably pretty high. Every time he comes down here to Florida, we hear a whole new story. So I'm excited, but he's an interesting let's guy. Let's get this. You know? Let's get into into crypto. I know some people. I think you shared bits and pieces of this on the channel, but tell us about your entry into crypto. I'm going to predict, and I, I'm pretty sure I remember this, Greg. You entered in 2017, correct?
1: Uh, it was 2016. It was 2016, but I would say more accurately just terms of like participation yeah 2017 is when i actually started like 2016 was like okay what is this i'm doing okay i'll buy this thing and it just kind of you know i wasn't i wasn't actively you know i mean I'll, there was no crypto youtube back then but i wasn't actively yeah. looking into anything i just it was you know it was like that that first buy that is kind of like the gateway right and then after about uh you know i don't know three two or three months uh that you know that was a lucky time to enter because uh, that was when the market was just starting it's just steady rise up uh it didn't matter what move you made you felt like you were just the best trader ever because every purchase you made within a week or two sometimes even the same day would just be exponential up in value so that for me really kind of got me hooked early on in 2017 I was like, okay, well this, there's something to this. Um, and so I, I just, I just started spending more and more and more and more, if not all my time, uh, you know, in crypto after that.
0: Yeah. What was your first purchase? Was it Bitcoin or did you go a different route?
1: I was, uh, I, I mean, I was altcoins initially. I didn't get into Bitcoin for about a year or so, year and a half. Yeah. Um, and That was loosely based on a little bit of input from a friend of mine who's been in Bitcoin since, uh, I think, uh, 2011. Uh, He's the one that really was my, he was my, he was my sort of uh, the person that sort of really got me interested because uh, out of nowhere, he just, Uh, it's not like he was just living high on the hog, but I could tell things were different in his life, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, like we all should do with our friends uh, on anything when there's changes in people's life, you know, we should be just involved with what's going on with them, whether it's good or bad and just, you know, make sure we're following along with people's stories and being a part of people's lives. And because I just sort of checked in with my friend, he's like, Oh yeah, you know, I kind of got into this thing called Bitcoin back in 2011 by accident. And I, I, I didn't allow myself to touch it uh, for actually what happened was he he lost his wallet keys uh, very early on and just kind of forgot about it. And then three years later, when he was moving, he found a post-it note because it's not like today where you have like ledgers and you have Coinbase and you have all these things that are basically a hundred times easier than it was back then. He basically had the long written out, you know, string of, his entire address with all the different yeah. passwords and he lost it. And so forgot about it. He was really bombed because it was several thousand dollars and remind you, this is $7,000 for the Bitcoin in 2011. This yeah. is like when it's around a dollar. Yes. So several, several thousand. And so when he was moving three years later, he found his, uh, he found his, is this post-it note that was just kind of wadded up. And, uh, he's like, well, this, uh, this is interesting. Could this be that? And he looked into it and it, it, it was, and it had gone up so much. He's like, I'm just going to leave it here for a little while longer. And he, he ended up selling uh, a little under half of what he was holding in 2016, 20, uh, 2017. Still some profit, right? Uh, and I'm talking like, like eight, $9 million, uh, put it all. He did it smart. He put it all into an index fund, like traditional uh, stuff. And he let the other, the other, uh, half or so ride, uh, uh, but I was just so enamored by that story, that possibility that I was like, wow. So, I mean, I, I just jumped in and I, I initially uh, got into to altcoins because yeah. I had the same idea that a lot of people do, which, which is like, well, Bitcoin's at this price and Litecoin's, you know, six bucks. So that's what I'm going to get into because it's going to go to the same value as Bitcoin. So all of us go through that journey of yes. numbskullery early on, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, 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 dude, you want to hear something sad. Uh, this is why you should just, and I say this on coffee and crypto all the time, you should pick your horses and stick with the, stick with the horses that you, that you're betting on, that you're investing in do your diligence first. Because I, I mean, at one point I had like 400,000 Cardano, I had, uh, I mean, I don't even know, uh, hundreds of thousands of our XRP, a wow. uh, uh, bunch of, uh, I mean, I had a bunch of coins back then, Ravencoin, uh, all, all kind of stuff. And Ethereum, I had a ton of Ethereum and I traded out of all of it in uh, to Bitcoin uh, in 20, I don't know, 2018 or 20, I don't know, but it was a solid trade. I basically went from yeah, it was, it was zero nice. Bitcoin. It was profitable at the, at the time. It was profitable at the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, I traded out of it into, you know, uh, quite, a, quite a few, you know, double digits, uh, Bitcoin. Um, and, uh, this is, this is a good lesson for anybody that's either, either new to crypto or is so excited about crypto that they just want to, they're chomping at the bit and they just want to start trading. Well, first off, if you're going to trade, definitely peek into our club DeFi because we have a whole trading course on that. But, you have to be very smart about what you're doing, why you're doing it and what your plan is, because I was doing this because I was so excited and I started trading all this stuff. And I, I was trying to trade with the big boys, you know, watching people like CryptoFace trading $7 million trades or other people that online that you can follow, or you see these huge accounts trading this huge amount of money. You don't realize that small snippet of time that you're watching them trade. You're not watching all the other stuff that's going on in the background, all the the way they laddered in their entries. They either, they already have the the their exit set. They're laddering out for when it's hitting certain price points. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that, so I went You know, I went from uh, you know over twenty Bitcoin down to 0.25 Bitcoin, uh, d- making silly errors. That was one of the ones you guys mentioned on the show uh, sometimes. Where a few years ago, I, I I got I actually got decent at trading, but then I was like, you know what let's do this leverage trading. Cause then I can make a lot more money. And I, I made two or three good trades, but then I lost, I mean, I lost 90 95% of my portfolio in one trade because I was doing something stupid. I was trading my, I was trading my entire portfolio on Gosh. leverage like an absolute talk about a good life lesson, man. Uh, how much money, thank God, how much money did you lose uh, in that trade? That was about, I think just shy of $70,000. And uh gosh, you know, I had I had that sinking feeling in my stomach, in my mind, in my soul, in my questioning my 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 manhood, questioning, you know, thinking I sucked as a person. I, uh, you know, all the whole, you know, the whole wheel of grief, you know. And then I was like, okay. Well, I've wanted to do this. I took a swing and I missed. So am I Am I going to just get off the horse now because I don't believe it anymore because I did something stupid? Yeah. No, I still believed in it. So I just went back to the drawing board. I did the smart thing. I DCA for the next two years. I took very, I probably took four trades in two years. And there were just trades that were very basic strategy stuff like, top of the market weekly MACD and RSI crossing bearish uh, that sort of stuff, you know, so I'd be trading on the very, very ends or the tops or bottoms near the tops or bottoms of cycles. And I was just DCAing in and it basically got me back to a a good uh, sort of base portfolio that then, you know, once I got that base portfolio uh, at a, at a solid number again, then, then I allocated uh, about 5% of my portfolio uh that I could that I could trade with but it trades smart you know with very tight stops very every time you enter a trade okay are you entering when the when it's already pumping are you trying to jump on the bandwagon no you miss you miss that trade you have to tell yourself there's always going to be another opportunity you wait just like if you ever see you know you ever see like on the on the discovery channel uh, at sme you'll know this you know those uh, spiders that live in the desert the trapdoor spiders that they mm, they live yeah. they basically and they, they sit, they might sit there for a day, a week, a month, and they wait. They don't make themselves known until it's the perfect opportunity. The the opportunity is ripe. All the scenario all the uh, all the signals, all the things that are, that, that they need to make sure that this, you know, it might be right next to the trapdoor. door. That's not the signal. It's got to be right on the track. It's got, you know what I mean? Everything yeah. has to be in place. And that's when you take yeah. the trade. And when you're what I learned, that when you're very, very precise and you're willing to say no more than you're willing to say yes, that's, that's when you start actually building uh, profitable uh, trades that are safe, you know, and you're also not risking your entire portfolio because you're greedy swinging for the fences. Yeah.
0: Have you, I mean, have you struggled? Did you have a period of time where you struggled with that concept of thinking that you could trade and sell every single peak and buy every single dip perfectly and then get, you know, I've, I've definitely had that before. I've had that where I thought it was a good top. I'm looking at everything and then, and, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell. And sure enough, like it comes down a little bit, but then it rallies higher than your buy point, And there's that temptation. You're like, oh crap. I messed up it's too early. So you buy back in too high and sure and enough And then it drops. <laughs> you just bought another top, yeah. Yeah. Have you did you yeah. struggle with that hard or is that something you're able to to conquer quickly?
1: Well, if you want me to be honest about it, I think that nobody ever conquers that. It's always True. in you. You always have that. There's always and it's the ability to deal with that fear. And and the way you deal with that fear, I've learned, is to have the plan and to and to do a lot of research, do a lot of back historical analysis, watch other traders, see where they're messing up, see where they're doing well. One of the things I will say, I mentioned CryptoFace earlier, one of the things that I have learned from him is... He and, and given he has a huge bankroll. Uh, but when he trades, he'll he'll be in a trade. And it will be, he'll be upside down for like three days. And he doesn't, he doesn't get footed out of his trade because he had an action planned in his mind where he's, he's sure it's going to go. And he he has a stop loss of wherever he's going to exit it if it gets to that point. But he'll, he'll let that thing ride and he's not going to change his decision because it's, it's taking longer than he expected, which most people do. Then, like you just said, they'll get out of the trade and then it goes, then it goes up and they try to get back into it. And then it goes the opposite direction. So they're losing both on both sides. And you just, you have to enter your trade, you have to set your stop loss and you, you let you, you leave it be, you know, you, you, mm. you let it, sometimes it'll take four days to go in sideways and then dip right next to your stop loss and then rock it up. You know, and a lot of people yes. will have got out because it's going down. It's like, you just have to, you have to trust your plan. And yep. the only way you can trust your plan is if you run it a thousand times, you know, paper trading and all these other things yeah. uh, where you're not risking your capital, but you're going through the motions uh, and seeing how this is playing out time and time again. You know, watching shows like the Crypto Jeb, uh, you know, Coffees and Crypto. And uh, I also always recommend watching a number, you know, watch four five, six different uh, crypto YouTubers to start and other uh, even people that trade Forex. Just so you're getting different viewpoints and different perspectives and different strategies. And then you can, because my strategy is not going to work for you. Tim's strategy is not going to work for me. All of us synthesize our strategy from all the things that make the most sense to us. And we, we sort of formulate our strategy and with all the tools and tips and tricks that, that, that work for us because we understand them. Because a tool or a trip, a trick that I use isn't going to work for you if you don't understand the fundamentals behind that tool or trick. So mm. it's very good to build that sort of broad, sort of aggregate sort of uh, strategy.
2: So my question here So we kind of got a little bit of an insight on your intro into trading and and kind of what got you there I'm curious. I want to know what was that moment kind of the inflection point where you went from Just being interested in crypto because your friend made a lot of money into it to then like what was it that made you be like, oh, wait a second? I actually really believe in the future of this and this is gonna be the future of finance What was that kind of moment? What like what uh, clicked for you and when was that?
1: That was in 2017. That was that was probably that was probably I would say February or March of 2017. Uh, I just you know I was I was already interested in it and I wanted to. I was make I I, I basically you know I, I've been a musician most of my life and uh, along with being a musician I've been fairly successful at that. But it's I'll, I'll, I'm the first to admit I'm not some super talented musician. I can carry a tune and I can play guitar. You know, I also toured as a DJ for years, but what my skill was, was doing that competently uh, while also being able to run it as a business. So, uh, so for me, I was making good money. I had this audio company and I wanted to invest because I didn't want to just, if I had the money in my pocket, uh, basically give me a butane lighter and just let me just light the cash on fire because I'm not good at holding cash in my pocket. I will find ways to spend it. So I was like, I want to invest this money. And I was like, well, I'm already aware of uh, Bitcoin and crypto and this looks like it's a very growing sort of emerging market. And I'm I'm, I'm very, very big on technology. I mean, my the, my first business uh, that I started and ran was in 1995, I had a website design company. Uh, and really, I was just trying to emulate my dad because my dad had a, was really into technology. And so it was a way to spend time with him. So I started a website design company uh, called Professional Web Creations. And it was, this is before we had like the vision you know interfaces like wix and uh you know uh, uh word space whatever it's called, uh, word, uh, squarespace. What's it called? Uh, squarespace all these basic visual uh, this is like full-on coding so i taught myself html and wow. uh, so long story short I, i'm really big into technology i've been i've been in the web you know actively involved with the web uh, internet and uh, web stuff since uh, early mid 90s and so the fact that crypto Uh, was, you know, basically decentralized web-based, you know, primarily Bitcoin, not all the altcoins are. But it really just, it really was interesting to me. And so I wanted to invest. And so basically I committed myself. Uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to, this is the avenue I'm going to take. And I put, I'm not joking, I probably put, Fifty to sixty percent of my of my income every two weeks directly into uh, DCA and directly into buying. Uh, so that was how I initially got uh, you know. A, a good portion of that that first portfolio that i essentially uh you know might as well have been cash it was like lighting a butane uh, lighter right against that crypto when i leveraged traded it away but uh th- that's what it was just it was because I, it's just a technology-based thing a new version of money you know a new sort of look on take on money and so that that's 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 how it all sort of uh, catalyzed dude mm. Well,
0: I'm going to transition uh, even this thought, and, and some of this I might not even know the answer to, but for those of you who don't know, Kelly works with us. He's a contractor who right now is the chief builder of Club DeFi. So some of you haven't, you know, actually all of you mostly, haven't gotten in there yet. You're going to be amazed by it, but Kelly has been uh, one of the major brainchilds of the content, the scripting, the video that goes into that, which is super cool. We've loved having him, but he has, he wasn't always here. Fun. Kelly, tell me about you. Cause you are one of the crypto Jeb OG viewers and then tell the audience how you came to be in relationship with us and then eventually be hired.
1: All right. So this is going to be a, a little bit of a story that kind of takes a, a bit of a curve. So I said, I, th- this might be confusing as well. Cause I I'm, I'm 38, just turned 38 in March and, uh, the 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 number of things I've been uh, blessed with having the opportunity of doing and you know my entire throughout my adult life is is uh, bizarre just because the number of things I've done one of the one of the things I've done alongside music was like uh, basically like social social dynamics social networking I, I even uh, had a business uh, where I, I basically was teaching how to uh, meet and build rapport with anybody, anywhere. Uh, And a lot of this stuff I also learned from, you know, touring as a musician and, uh, you know, being able to just meet people and connect with them in a real way, not manipulative, but actually get to know people by tuning into who they are. And one of the things I've learned over my adult life, my entire life, really, not just my adult life, is in order to do something well, you need to build a community around you. You need to to be held accountable to the people in your community. And, you know, people in your community are going to want to hold them accountable and vice versa sometimes it's not even something that's consciously thought it's a subconscious sort of uh framework that happens uh if you if you look at anybody that's done anything successfully i think uh, will smith said it best i think it was like on true hollywood story or something like that years ago and it just clicked with me so well he said you know in order i realized in order to do something well because you know coming from where he came from he's like he's like all I had to do was look at people in different fields, whether they're in movies, whether they're in music, whether they're in business. And he could see you take that in product out of it, whether they're an actor, a businessman, a, a professional athlete, didn't matter. Take that in product out and figure out what it is. What What's their patterns? It's just like, this is perfect because it's just like what we do with technical analysis. We're spotting patterns so we can figure out what the likelihood of where the direction of price is going to go. Mm-hmm. And if it goes this way, what are going to be the stops along the way? And so basically... Figuring out what those patterns are uh, will help give you a roadmap for you to achieve those same successes. So for me, when I dove into crypto, you know, early 2017, I was hungry, very hungry, to build a community around me, uh, whether it was in my immediate life or you know online, because you know I've been actively involved with online stuff, uh, doing online community stuff for a number of years. So I was just waiting for those. Uh, I was waiting for that crypto YouTube to really develop, and uh, Crypto Jeb was one of the first ones that I came across. It was Crypto Jeb, Data Dash, you know Nicholas Martin. A guy named Eric Crown from Crown's Crypto Cave, although he was a little later. Four Flies, who's now Sunny Four Flies. These are some of the people that I found on, on, uh, on crypto YouTube early on. And because I didn't know anybody I spoke to about crypto and a lot of people, I think less and less this is happening, but anybody that's been in since before, I would say 2019, this was an everyday occurrence. When you would talk to anybody about crypto that wasn't deeply aware of it or actively involved, you would just, people would be like, what the heck are you involved with crypto for? That scammed stuff for yeah. drugs on Silk Road? It's like just complete ignorance and it's not their fault. A lot of it had to do with the, the false narratives that the media was pushing uh, until, until, I mean, that narrative really started to shift on mass, on, you know, uh, mass media for, uh, you know, in the last year or so. And so because I didn't have anybody in my, my active circle, except for like one person, I was, that's how I really was looking through and finding this stuff on YouTube and I started watching Crypto Jeb. I mean, he must have had twenty five hundred followers or three thousand followers years ago. Yeah. This was back when he was a but a wee young man, you know. He was a He's probably, young kid he was probably fresh uh, out of high
0: school,
2: honestly. Yeah.
1: I didn't care what his age was because he knew yeah. a hell of a lot more about crypto and YouTube, did, uh, sorry, and uh, technical analysis than I did. did. So I was just, I was just hungry to learn and hear other people talk about crypto, you know? Were you there pre face reveal? Cause he, for a long time,
0: he did no know that he would just do audio. He wouldn't reveal his face. Uh, were, was the first couple episodes you saw before he did a face reveal or did you only know when he did his face?
1: You know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, cause I mean, I've, i mean over was that 27 28 to however long it's been it's i've seen too many to even remember ever not seeing his face it's likely uh I, I feel like i have a memory though of i do feel like i have a memory of seeing his face and being surprised he was as young as he was because well, he has such a deep mm. he has such a deep voice you know uh but I, but, yeah. but that might just be a figment i can't remember but it's, it's been years well, <laughs> when i <laughs> follow a follow-up, years, years, follow-up question said, yeah
2: uh, I actually want to know, what was your first reaction? Because you we just heard your first reaction to seeing Jeb, right? You watched, you're a long-term viewer. What was your first reaction seeing me and Tim for the first time? Because I appeared on the channel first before Tim, and then <laughs> Tim. So <laughs> what
0: was just, your— what Didn't was you just you? walk on—you walked behind yeah. Jeb during a show to make an announcement, and then the audience fell in love with you. Yeah,
1: was, so
2: <laughs> so what was that experience—what was that your reaction to that?
1: Uh, well, the reaction to all of you, when I met you all in person was, it was kind of funny because we had already been, I'd already been working with you guys for, Mm -hmm. I don't know, about three or four months when I finally came down there to, uh, to Florida in December. And when I, I, I was there and then Tim and you walked in. I felt like you were pretty tall, uh, Smay. Mm. Uh, just be, just because you're like where your shoulder is in the ratio of your shoulder to where the back of your chair is, I thought I could yeah. t- I could just tell that you're a fairly tall guy. But <laughs> I thought Tim would have been shorter. I thought Tim would have been about five eight, uh, just because he's so stocky. He's so stocky, he looks like he's smaller than he is. So when you see him he's, he's such a brick of a man. It's surprising. <laughs> he, 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 no, he's solid. I mean, you're yeah. like, you're kind of like when you're in middle school and you, you know, everybody's bigger than you in middle school and you see like, you know, the football coaches and stuff in your middle school and high school, they were just yeah. like a barrel, just barrel chested. No, it's true and So I, I, for anyone I who has Tim not would, met me in person. I, I thought my, Tim proportions. Would be shorter, my proportions I thought, don't make sense. I, I thought Jeb would have been like five, four or five, six. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, tim i was i was like oh okay that makes sense all right T- yeah tim and i because tim and jeb and i are all about right height. about the same height yeah. and it's may is about an inch inch and a half to maybe yeah about an inch taller inch and a half yeah uh so mm-hmm. but i was really yeah. it was i was very shocking because well, i've been watching jeb for i think you know, it's about three, two inches three four years i'm five yeah. 11. you're six foot right you're six one hey uh, hey all i think all I'm,
2: I'm like matter. six i think i'm like six and a half maybe you, all i know is you can't whoop me so that's That's all that matters. You can't win. Hey, I'm
0: not not trying to woman. My dad could be. No, I'm just kidding. My dad dad would win. I say my dad wouldn't win much anything. He's got a terrible back. Oh man, it'd be a good fight though. Your dad versus my dad might be a good fight. I don't know. Your dad's younger.
2: No, dude. I'll tell you what. He. My dad looks doughy. He could.
0: Oh he no could no! Your you. dad looks like a tank. No, your dad looks just like so could. you know.
2: Just so you know, he used to like his whole like teenagehood, and this is so off topic. His whole teenagehood Teenage was. Uh, I don't think that's a word. Was uh, like doing martial arts. Really? So he like he one he one of the things he used to do growing up with me and my brothers is he used to like just like do all these Pummel moves you. and just, destroy, just, just shatter our dreams. Oh my God. We would, we'd bum rush him And like all of us, all my siblings. And this is up until like, even now you try to bum rush them. just like, <laughs> like ninjutsu on yeah. you. And it's, this, it's uh, horrible. This, this childhood trash talk spiraled.
0: It's yeah, just, I know. Uh,
1: Anyways, yeah, no, you know, here, here's one. Here's what was most surprising. It wasn't the height. It was the, uh, it, it, uh and people even said this about me that, uh, you know, the difference between think about how we all are when we're on stream versus two minutes before the streams on, or, 30 seconds after, like yeah. all of us are such big personalities. There's a lot of joking and there's so you guys don't even understand You, got everybody watching how much playfulness goes on. And it's wonderful. It's just yeah. such a wonderful brotherhood and sisterhood in our, in our office with everybody diligently working because we have about 400 years worth of stuff that we all need to do within uh-huh. any given week. But <laughs> we find time to play. I mean, you know, can you can you tell them uh, sme about, uh, what is the name of the game? <laughs> definitely oh, not definitely not. not high sway ball. <laughs>
2: ball. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we have this was uh, me and Zach. Zach's our editor. We had a gosh. we we were back in our old office. We were bored one day and we had chairs and uh Zach had this tiny little like uh like keychain soccer ball. That's like you, maybe you not that big. This
1: was it was like the size it's of a marble. Eraser. It's a marble. It's like <laughs> the size of a marble. Yeah. And
2: uh, it was a soccer ball, so we were just like, we just started dropping on the ground and like kicking it around as like a joke. And then I was like, yo, what if we like, what if we put these chairs like we actually just go for it, you know? So then we'd like started inventing, we invented this game. Where it's like one-on-one, like you're like trying to get, it's like mini soccer, basically. You're just trying to one-on-one get this soccer into the other person's goal. And it's in the most intense game you could ever imagine. I I mean, you're you're just like, you're like punching each other. You're like shoving each other. You're like, you're like shuffling your feet a ton. It's low-key soccer meets hockey. There's body The most exhausting sport of all sports I've ever played in my life. Well,
1: you you go to kick it, you go to kick it, and it's so small that if you don't have your foot at just right angle, you're, uh, you're he brought the
2: ball. Zach brought the ball. Your soul, this your, is the your ball. Soul
1: ca- yeah, yeah. That's oh, my tiny. gosh. Your soul catches it. Your soul catches it. The carpet, you almost twist your ankle. It's 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 pretty funny. dude. It's, oh, it's Like great. I said, it,
0: it is soccer me talking because there is full-on body checks. Oh, it's great. The worst is my Taylor, my wife. I have well over 100 pounds on my wife, but she gets super competitive against me. Like everybody else, she is sweet. In the world, but her and I were playing one-on-one. She shoved you, dude. She freaking – like, she hit me so hard into a chair, I, I almost, like, crashed the chair into a table. I was like, what in the world? She does not back off. But, uh, yeah, no, that... It, you, we believe very hard in this office. You work hard and you play hard, so... Uh, All
1: right, been a, yeah. Been a lot speaking play of playing
0: recently. hard, we just played hard. Let's get back hard. to
2: crypto, guys.
0: Let's yep. get back yeah, to crypto. Yeah, we'll crypto. Tell, so we, we gotta get back to the story. So, we gotta, this is... Because uh, he, he'd been watching Jeb for a while. What... You know, this... I was in the room for this. I was a part of this whole... Thing, but I want to hear your side of it because I know my side. Uh, how did you actually come to get a connection to us to reach out to us to actually be able to work with us?
1: Mm. Well, I, you, you want to know the truth?
0: Yeah, I want to know the truth.
1: So this is how it played out. I decided uh, I had the, you know, the audio. I was actively, very, very, very actively involved with crypto, uh, uh, progressively more and more from 2017 on, uh, 2018 on. I was probably spending more than 40 hours a week looking into crypto, uh, you know, buying, doing some, uh, some trading. Yeah. Uh, but during the pandemic. I also had, because this audio business I had was like a dream job because I only, was, only had to spend like 10 or 11 hours a week working it. And I had employees that I would like, uh, you know, delegate out uh, uh, the tasks and stuff to. So I didn't have to work very much. Uh, and my DJing stuff is nights and, you know, weekends and stuff. So that that wasn't taking up my time. But when the pandemic hit, everything shut down my contract for the audio for the buildings that I ran all the audio and curated the spaces and, you know, my sound engineers, all that, that basically was dead. Uh, And I had a decision to make and I was like, well, I can either restart reinvesting my time into doing that to build it back up. But I mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done it even before that unless that sort of contract fell in my lap. So I didn't want to spend I didn't want to spend my time investing into something that wasn't in line with the path that I wanted to be on because it wasn't like, it's not like the pandemic was going to stop and my entire audio contract was going to be back full. I was going to be making 25, 30 grand a month again. It was like, I was going to have to start from scratch to hustle to do something I didn't want to do. Mm. So I was like, well, I, you know, I've been actively involved in crypto Uh, you know, I've a number of years of experience, you know, there's, there's a relatively small percentage of people that are in the crypto space that have been in since 2016. So I've got a lot of knowledge I want to, I'm going to work in crypto professionally outside of me just investing in it. And, uh, so I'm going to reach out to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up for, cause there's, uh, there's a couple webinars being put yep. on by crypto YouTubers that I was watching. I basically said, I'm, I'm going to go to one of these webinars and I'm going to get the opportunity to speak at at least one of them. And from that, I, I know I can forge, uh, a relationship that will turn into a job. So, so you be us. It was that was the whole point. Did you crash
0: our computers so that we couldn't talk to the audience <laughs> and you could just no, have that, full center stage? That-
1: that was just kind of like divine <laughs> intervention. I, no, I, I was just prepared. And, and I didn't even mean to, you know, because I also another one of the things I used to host a radio show here in New York City on Sirius Satellite Radio. So I've got an, I've got experience hosting and running conversations and stuff. And so when you guys brought me, I happened to be the first one you brought up. Yeah. And it, I was just going to make a comment. I wasn't going to just take over. But then y'all's back in crashed. And I saw you guys were trying to figure out what to do. And so I, rather than just have there be dead air on the thing, I just sort of uh, spoke about what we were talking about and, you know, kept it going for, I don't know, it was five, five or seven minutes. And then finally it, it, uh, the, the webinar continued and then you guys hit me up afterwards. uh, And then, uh, You know, here's here's another lesson in all this. Then, you know, I'm 38. I was that time 37. And I knew I wanted to work in crypto, but I also was coming without any sort of, uh, I don't want to say pedigree, but I didn't have any track work. I didn't have any, you know, track work on my record specifically for crypto stuff other than my own investments and stuff, which is hard to quantify to somebody else. Yeah. So uh, you guys... And it was, it was the right way to do it. You know, at that time I had been interviewing to work with NYDIG as well and got all, got all the way through all the interviews. It was like literally three months worth of interviews and then they had a hiring freeze. So that didn't happen. Um, that's, that's when, uh, like three days later, that's when I went on y'all's uh, webinar, uh, ended up having the opportunity to, to, to talk, talk. You guys said, let's talk later. So then, then basically I had to make the decision because you guys offered me an internship. And so I had to, this goes back to the opportunity that I was talking about with the dogs. You know, sometimes we have our yeah. ego and our mind and our ideal about where we think we're at and what we're worth in the way that you don't even get an opportunity to develop. So I, and I, I had to deal with my own ego on that, I wasn't perfect. I had to, I had to decide, do I want to go and be an intern for a guy that just turned 21? I'm 38. Uh, I don't think he was 21 I, know- yet.
0: I think he had just turned 20. I think this is still, he's still 20 at this point.
1: It might have yeah, been, You've yeah. been here but either minute. way, it was, but it was like this, it was like this ego thing I had in my head. I was like, well, you know, at the end of the day, I told myself I was going to work professionally in crypto. And when you start any job, just like if you watch that old movie, I think it was called the intern with Robert De Niro. Sometimes if you start, it doesn't matter. People don't care how old you are or what you say you can do. Sometimes people need to kind of test the goods, you know, are you yeah. worth it? Cause if you're worth it, being worth it will speak more volume than you saying you're worth it. So I was like, you know what? If anything else, I've been watching this guy, Crypto Jeff, for for years. It, it, if nothing comes of it, at least I can give back. Yeah. I can just give back and give my time and energy for a little while, you know, and it was supposed to be like a three, three month internship. And then we'd rediscuss. And then after about, I think it was about three weeks uh, you guys uh, gave me a call We're like, Hey, we can't pay you. I started, we can't have you as an intern. Uh, you know, we yeah. see your value here. We want to pay you. And so yeah. it was a beautiful sort of journey upward. And for that, I just want to tell everybody out there, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to take a step back to take the next, two steps forward rather than just stand there against the wall and go, I can't move anywhere. Well, take a step back, shift over one step, but you have to take that step back your ego and your mind and your heart and your faith and just, and there you reset. And then you have your path that you can, that you could take forward. Have you, well Kelly, have you ever heard our
0: side of what was happening in our room during that whole webinar? No. Okay. So, so
1: this, did is- I have somebody on the inside track? You're like, "Hey, we got a Well, this we is this, this <laughs> is
0: the chaos that our company was. We at the moment, we had two people that could produce the show. I mean, we're still chaotic, but we've fixed it. Yeah, I was going to say.
1: Oh, yeah, you so, guys didn't you guys didn't organize to have somebody there running. Yeah, Zach, this,
0: right? our backup technical director, had a PTO day. And we knew that, but Smay uh, had a tooth problem, had to go to the dentist, and I don't know how, like, he said, hey, because he asked. It's not like he just dipped on us. He's like, hey, do you guys mind if I go to the dentist? Uh, I got this, pro- like, crown problem. So we're like, yeah, sure, you can do it. And then the, the webinar happened. And we're like, oh, okay. crap, we don't have well, a hold on. director in the room.
2: You've already, you've already steered this story in the wrong direction. So that's not necessarily what happened. So what happened was Zach, uh, Zach was there. Right. what there was a what happened was there was a miscommunication because I we had planned that oh, I was not going to the be PTAL there. Law. Yeah, exactly. it was that I was not going to be there. Oh, uh, okay. So then the thing was what happened is uh, I, I was like, well, you just need to do this, this and this to set it up right but the thing is I guess uh, like that didn't get probably communicated so Zach had left Zach left so Zach had left I knew one of you left left. anyway back to the story back to the story poor planning
0: poor planning Greg Gresick (laughs) love him to death love you Greg if you're watching does not know computers Uh, we put him in the seat and everything was fine we set it up and we're running fine but mm, we no. couldn't, so here's what we, re- no, no, everything was running fine. Everything I, was running fine, except for, let me, you weren't there. You, I just know you were the not mistake, in the room.
2: all I'm saying is I know the sake, you were in lulled into a false illusion that everything was fine. No, no. Everything was not just fine. Just let me tell the story here. But go, go, go. Everything was fine. They could hear us, the
0: webinar's flowing. What we could not do was we couldn't hear them, but we didn't realize this at this point. So like Kelly said, he was the first person to come on. We began realizing as he speaking, Jeb and I, because the way this was set up is Jeb and I sat across from each other and then the technical director was over here. Jeb and I realized we could not hear anything he was saying. Greg could hear him because his headphones were plugged straight into the soundboard, but Jeb's and mine weren't. (sighs) So what happened was Jeb gets up and says, oh, I can fix this real quick, unplugs the main speaker from the board and goes to plug ours in, and that did not work at all. So now all of a sudden none of us in the room could see it. It actually closed our screens. We couldn't see it happening. We could still see chat, but we couldn't see anything else. And (laughs) Kelly's just going. And the chat's saying, who is this dude? This guy's awesome. We love having him here. And I think Kelly put it together you guys could still hear us for some reason you were like hey i'll just take over i got this so he spoke for like eight nine minutes and people ate it up we reached out afterwards went back and watched what he said it was phenomenal greg reached out
2: to him uh and uh, that was that no, no it it everything was fine until we realized we couldn't hear so them. guys just so you know this is why i don't leave anymore because yeah. when i leave things like this happen so uh yeah <laughs> but it, no like no. man I, this is what's so interesting to me, just to kind of take us on a little bit of like a, a little bit of side note pivot to that is how crazy it is to run a, a, crypto show like this like literally just the other and, and day people, people
1: get so upset with like a small error yeah. and you're back there with like 65 buttons three screens oh, and it's... like and, and 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 tell me about this may you'll, you'll be in the middle of that and somebody will throw you a question and you're like i don't even know what you're talking about right now <laughs> yeah,
2: it's uh no okay so the thing is what's interesting is If you guys watch and you, Kelly, you were watching long ago. So this is you got to see the evolution of like, like it was me figuring, because I have a background in, in like film type video, right? Cinema style stuff. So I, I know a lot about cameras. I know a lot about lenses. I know a lot about that stuff. I have no idea about broadcast stuff. My dad does but I don't have any of that. So I kind of learned well, now, it. Now you do. No, now I do. But yeah. it, it took a long time of, of learning of like the, the evolution of all I came into it. And I knew that we were missing a lot of pieces because literally it, it, we come into it and it's like, Oh, uh, we want to make a live show. Uh, Oh, um, wow, I mean, we only have, like, vlogger equipment, like, Peter McKinnon's type like, like, cameras, and, like, there's a bunch of these gimbals and all that stuff. Why do we have any of this? This doesn't help us in the type of videos we make at all. It was, like, a bunch of, like, just, I guess, fun purchases, I guess. So I I come in, I'm like, okay, so I start strapping together, and, guys, the early days of Coffee Crypto is just technical error, technical error, just error, and we still have them all the time. But it was, like, it was just, like, there were days that the camera would shut off, and then, like, I would just try to... I would try I, my whole philosophy was just to never let that problem happen again. Anyways, we get to this we get to this point of like just the amount of the amount of stuff. It's like I sometimes I feel like we're in a boat and it's just like there's the little like water spewing in. You got to stick your finger in that one. You got to stick your finger in that one. Then you got your toe in this one and you're like holding it all together. And it's it's a uh, it's wild. And, and guys. You know, yeah. you
1: never have an issue with the piece of equipment or gear unless you're about to do it into a stream like even oh, yeah. right now like i've been using my camera on my for uh, i was on another video chat with somebody earlier and uh d- doing stuff i had no issue at all but right right before we go on that you know to, to shoot this for this stream my, it just i have two different uh iphone uh 12x pro x max whatever that i use through an app and neither one of them would connect no so i had no video until literally. 20 seconds before we started. And so this, and you, you know, the more gear you have, the more it's, it's like more yeah. points of failure, you know, and you got, you have the switcher board, then you have the computer, then you have the, what, how many cameras do you usually run? Uh, uh,
2: we're running at the moment, only three cameras, but yeah. uh, the thing
1: and then, is, and then my, and then mine is yeah, a virtual through Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's ridiculous. Like literally the other day, just so you guys know, kind of the chaos that was this week. And even uh, a lot of people noticed it. Uh, there was some issues with the audio, right? The last couple days, because our entire stream, like OBS, the software we used to stream from, all my all my stuff that I had built over the last year of coffee and crypto, all the presets, all the settings, everything, got wiped, wiped, gone. So I had to make all that from scratch. The literally, and we found out about this then, la- like the what two nights ago, like right before we're gonna leave, right? So it's like I'm sitting there like, oh, I gotta. Just thing and get this all ready for the next day. And, and I think the worst part, and, and, and Kelly, you di- you were involved in uh in kind of production stuff too, so you could probably relate to this. The worst part for me this whole time is always when people offer the solutions that you've already tried like 10 times. Oh it's, the best. Oh, oh, it's the best. Hey, plug I, it, it, it in. You should adjust yeah, the shutter you should speed. turn the volume hey, up. So the best Christ. one, the best one was the shutter speed one, and we even still bring that up. So back when we had the Bitcoin sign, you guys remember the Bitcoin sign, it, the, uh, the lighting, the, the frequency of the light, it was like in the background strobing, right? Uh, so I at the time, I was like, let's just get rid of the Bitcoin sign. Everyone's saying, no, everyone loves the Bitcoin sign. We don't want to get rid of the Bitcoin sign. Oh, okay. is that everyone just like, dude, it's, it's waving in the background. Just change the shutter speed. I literally had changed the shutter speed like a hundred times. So and then there would be times I'd second guess myself. I'd be like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I do need to check the shutter speed again. Check the shutter speed again. It didn't do anything. Check the frame rates. It didn't do anything. Uh, and then I found out it's because our cameras, we shoot, these shoot fractional frame rates, right? So it, it'd be, it's never actually 60 FPS. It's 59.29 frames per second, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, it's always missing that little bit. So it's still going to strobe. Uh, cause it, it, uh, electric anyways, anyways, that was a lot no, of- but
1: j- just, just to give people an idea. Like I have a basic, basic setup. I'm going to share my screen here real quick. Uh, this is a super basic setup, but I took this right before we went live. Uh, this, I mean, and I, I, I'm only doing this just from my home desk and this is kind of what it looks like. When, you know, this is just my whole, I got, so when, when you see people on screen, it's like, we're stay like staring yeah. into blinding lights, trying to figure out what's on our screen, because we're just, we feel like we're looking into the sun sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're in the studio, you know, we, we should do a behind- behind the scenes, behind the, behind the camera sort of thing, you know, kind of like a Cribs, but a studios it, oh, uh, yeah, for, be for crypto. Cause it, there's so much going on, you know, moving parts and then you're having an issue with your HDMI out to connect to the, the it's, there's, this is a lot, but you know, it's, uh, I'm thankful that, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of, not everybody, but a lot of the crypto YouTubers have, it's been really nice to see everybody step up, step up their game over the last three years, because in early 2017, 2018, it was people just basic, basic, basic sort of setup, uh, you know, with just, uh, OBS with like, it sometimes it wasn't even their face. It was just, the, just the screen, you know, now people like our channel, know you have like, you've, you've done a great job with the moving graphics to, you know, the screen wide. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot going on. So it's, um, uh, it's a fun, it's a whole nother side of the business that it's not, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of people to do all this and it takes a lot of money to do all this. And, you know, none of us are in this for the money, but in order to, to, uh, compete and to, uh, to, to meet that standard of professionalism, you know, uh, you know, mm. it, we've got to, we've got to do things to keep that running, you know, so uh I, I have a huge amount of respect for shows like Crypto uh, Jeb show that over the years have never taken a dollar from any coin sponsorship. You know, as much as and it's so frustrating. I see people in chat all the time, you know, the while we're doing a live stream, we'll be talking about a coin that somebody else asked about and they're like, "Oh, you guys are paid by this coin." It's like, we you know how hard it is to 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 say, "Listen, had we taken that money from all these different, like the hundred thousand dollar offers or the study so much things would have been so much easier. And all of us are back, you know, here making, you know, very, very comparable uh, pay We're, you know, we're not like the, we're not here being crypto millionaires taking money from our audience. You know, it's like, if we accepted money from coins, we could have a better
0: background for SME. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah. to be honest with you, anyways, no, you are going
0: to get me on that I rabbit trail again, I no, no, you no, no, no. knew it was going to bother I'm me. I'm going to transition as we come go, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit of more topical stuff, and again, you guys yeah. are watching this on Saturday or post-Saturday, we're recording this here on Thursday, the 21st, but a couple, I'm going to set some stuff up, there was breaking news today, and I'm going to discuss it a little bit, I'm sure on Friday we talked about this more on coffee and crypto, but Monday morning... Monday, we woke up and the price of Bitcoin was down uh, farther than it's been for a while, down on 38.6. Since Monday, we rallied as high as 43,000, but obviously in the last couple of hours, we got some red candles here. Coincidentally, around the same time those red candles started, Powell came out, the, the head of the, the chair of the Fed, or the head of the Fed. He came out and discussed and kind of backed up the rumor. It's looking like that fifty basis points are coming sooner rather than later. So this is confirmation of Thursday's show. We discussed it a little bit there on coffee and crypto. Um, this could be potential pressure here. I want to get your opinion on this because, again, this is nothing necessarily concrete. They haven't officially done it. But, Kelly, are your thoughts – because I know you, you're looking at the charts and none of our fans are watching them right now. But when you're looking at the charts, do you think that it was the Powell news? Do you think that Bitcoin was a little overextended? What are your thoughts about the red candles we've seen in the last couple of hours here on Bitcoin?
1: Well, I think that uh... – <laughs> It, we can explain things away however we need to to make us feel justified about how and why these are a candle. You know, if we don't know the news at all, can I share my screen real quick? Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, Only our YouTube fans will be able to see this, though. So, yeah.
1: Only the That's YouTube okay. fans try to be descriptive. So, so, no, yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk through it. Uh, so, essentially, what I, what, you can explain it away with all the news stuff, but you know, if you're looking just at the TA separate from what Jerome Powell was saying, you, you would, you know, looking at the chart, you would see that right around the 42, five, 42,500 level was a, a, basically a zone of resistance mm. that we did kind of push through, but then we rejected, we rejected off that level and where we rejected down to basically bounced you know, it's basically right now sitting uh, right at the, uh, the, the 20, the, the, the 20 uh, ma on the four hour chart. Uh, mm. so there's nothing that's really happened other than, uh, we got a little overextended and we came back and we're sort of reset. Uh, now we also have plenty of support below us, of not only a horizontal resistance right at the 40,000, 40, 40 41,000 down to uh 40,000 level. Uh, mm. but then we also have the diagonal, uh, there as well. And we also have a, a Fib- Fibonacci golden support below that at 39,000, uh, so we have a we're just basically finding our footing in this range mm-hmm. as we're playing out that larger sort of symmetrical triangle that we're in. So yes, the news uh, could have pushed it down a little bit, but I also honestly think that most of the price action was sort of. Uh, uh, that most of the price action was sort of priced in because I think a lot of people were expecting that he was going to say that we're going to get a 50 basis point hike right now. So, yeah. uh, barring that, everybody knows that there's going to be some sort of interest rate uh, kerfuffle between now and May because you know the next uh, FOMC meeting and determination is in uh, I think the middle May. of May or yeah. Uh, so all we can do right now is look at the charts. Uh, and 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 if you're trading, I, I would very much urge caution and don't buy something because it's going up. Buy something because it hit a buy target that you have, whether yeah. it's on that lower sort of support on that uh, symmetrical triangle. You know, if it bounces down now to the 40,700 level, that could be a good buy uh, spot, but that only is a good buy spot if you have your stop losses in place, you know? You don't just mm. uh, free freewheel it and hope it goes the right way, you know? Uh, and the next spot, you know, we're looking at is up at the 46,000 of, well, first off the fib golden resistance, uh, at the 44, three 444 four, uh, level. And then if we're going to break out of this sort of symmetrical triangle at the 46,000, so any way we cut it, we're just, we're still trading within this range that we've been in for the last month, about the yeah. month and a half. So Right now, it's nothing's changed. Well, let me everybody ask you a question. So, everybody gets so excited with a six hundred dollar to two thousand dollar movement. Yeah, they're so bullish, and then once it just corrects back to the same level, then they're so bearish, and there's nothing that's changed. It's not bullish or bearish right now. It's just in a consolidation. Let me ask you a question: dealing solely with
0: sentimental feelings on Bitcoin the rest of this year, because it does look like, at least to this point, what we're setting up that there's so many fundamentals that are bullish coming into the space, pressuring, pushing the price up, uh, this Fed announcement month to month to month to month from Jerome Powell is probably the most most powerful bearish pressure on the way down. Just in your opinion, Kelly, what are you kind of expecting throughout the rest of 2022? Do you think that the bullish pressure from the bottom is going to be able to refute and keep us going to the upside despite the Fed announcements, or do you think there's going to be a massive battle uh, that keeps us almost in a channel that it seems like every single time we get an announcement from the Fed about raising interest rates, the price is going to come back down? Every time that we get a little farther away from that and people calm down, we get a good buy level. The bullish fundamentals are going to push us back up. What are your thoughts about the rest of this year? I think
1: that we're at, maybe not at the tipping point, but we're like... At the precipice of the tipping point, you know we're like at the tipping point of the tipping point. Just like uh, we're right at where, where there's a, there's there's a number of big money players and uh, some some institutions, not all, very few institutions, uh, and big money that that are starting to look at Bitcoin as a hedge against the not only inflation but traditional markets. Uh, you know, MicroStrategy is a good good one in the sense that they're buying and they're holding, regardless yeah. of what the stock market is yeah. doing, regardless of what inflation is doing. Uh, there, so and there's more people that are doing it. There's a you know, a, some of these big money players are people that weren't big money players before that they they were just really big into crypto for, over the last seven years, and they went from being modest money players to now being big money. They're not they're not going to sell. They might they might uh, shave some profits along the way, but there's going to be A tipping point that happens at some point, I would guess probably some point in the next, uh, I would say, 12 to 36 months where people more more so large and large are going to be treating Bitcoin as as its own asset, Mm. regardless of what's happening with the the larger markets Mm. now i do think uh you know the etf thing there's a lot of pressure with grayscale yeah uh you know and sec and calling them out and and their argument has a lot of weight you know the the fact that the the us is uh number one sorry, not that the fact that the US is number one, the US wants more than anything to be number one in everything they do. That's why we're the world champions in sports that no other teams play, right? It's we're so silly about these things, but we want to be number one uh, in terms of uh, finance and and, and uh, the power of money. That's why, you know, the US dollar is uh, the, the the reserve currency of the world. And that's quickly losing its efficacy right now. Uh, but I think what's going to have to happen for us to remain anywhere for, for the US to remain anywhere in standing in that is to take a more serious approach on uh encouraging and developing and, and working alongside crypto mm. so that we can have our footing in that uh and so i do think that the etf is likely to come uh i i, I hope it's this year i'm not going to put my my finger on saying because it there's it's anybody's guess but i that would be the thing that would tip the scales against this whole all these Fed inc- uh, interest rate hikes and all this sort of stuff but uh you know no, i think uh, i think we're we're setting up uh for i i all the on-chain metrics and all the fundamentals of bitcoin are screaming uh for another huge parabolic run uh or, or at least a, a sustained uh, bullish in control run uh you know we may not ever get that that you know 1000% uh gain again because we have all this big money in but I do think we're in for another very strong bull trend. Yeah. Uh that will definitely do a new all-time high. Maybe maybe we hit 100, maybe maybe we get that sustained push up to 200. That's anybody's guess. All we can do is play the charts where they're at right now and what I'm seeing, the last thing I'll say is uh and I'll, I'll show this. The last I, I'm not going to show it because people can't see it on the audio. Uh but you can go to my Twitter at Kelly Kellum. Uh, K-L-O-Y, and I, I did a chart with uh, the macro tr- uh, trend price bands. And a number of people have looked at this in different ways, but we're we're not we're not doing the exact same things as 2013 but there's a lot of similarities and we're basically finding support on the realized price 1.618 band mm-hmm. uh, which is basically same thing that we found support off of in 2013 we had two peaks it pulled back it bounced up the, the the realized price 1.618 band and then skyrocketed into its final sort of uh bull market top and we're doing basically the same thing right now we're being held right under the 55 week move average. Uh and so it's just very indecisive. We're just rating, we're just waiting for the whales to be satisfied that they've got their bags filled. You say it best, Tim, where you say uh the institutions, they're not like us. If they miss the boat, they pull the boat back. And I think yeah. that they're so aware, they're so aware of how much is to be left to be gained in this market that they're they're not worried about having the market pull back, even if it crashes from here, because the, the end, the end of the day, sorry, the end of this narrative is going to be Bitcoin is going to be up. So as low as they can get it to go, uh, the more, uh, institutional investment that, that they're going to get in into the market. So I would say anybody, even if it does crash from whatever point you're in, just the, the best thing you can do for your portfolio is, is to buy and hold. Don't drive yourself crazy looking at the charts all day, every day, unless you're an experienced scalp trader and you're looking to, otherwise there's no reason to look at the charts every nine minutes and give yourself a heart attack. Absolutely. Just buy and hold, play the long game.
0: Continue to be patient. Well, hmm. Kelly, I want to appreciate, I want to I want to. say thank you to you, appreciate your time here. We, uh, you know, this ain't gonna be the last time people see you here on this channel, but it was so great to have you on Between Two Coins. That is all we have for today. Make sure, you guys can go follow Kelly Kellum. He is posting phenomenal updates, literally like three, four, five, sometimes ten times a day over on his Twitter. He also, not today, I think he said he was taking a break, but he has a weekly Thursday, uh, what do you, it's called a, a Twitter, uh, spaces, Twitter Spaces, but you, crypto, what's your name? Crypto Answered. Crypto Answered, where he has phenomenal co-host there as well i'll have to come back and join that one as well that's always fun make sure you guys tune in every single thursday night now it's at 7 p.m eastern standard time right kelly
1: yeah. Well, most, most, most Thursdays it's at Thursday at seven Eastern yeah. standard time, everyone, about once a month, maybe once every five weeks, we'll do it at like 2 PM. So we can give people that are on the other half of the world, yes. the ability to hop on. And there's a number of other analysts. I mean, we've had tech dev plan C, uh, TXMC. Phenomenal I mean, there, there's animals. a long list yeah. of incredible names that we've had on Dan from crypto capital venture, yep. you know, um, but uh, yeah, definitely come check us out. Uh, and sometimes yeah. you're able to hop, even listeners are able to hop up and ask a question to the panelists. And uh, we just love to sit there and talk uh, what's going on with the market. Yeah. And thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. All right. We will see you guys next
0: week, next Saturday when we have episode five, and we have a nice. We already have it planned out. We have a special guest next week as well. Yeah, you don't want to miss guests. it. Do
2: we want to go ahead and announce e- them? I mean, nope. them confirmed They're going to
0: find out later. Okay. All right. Every single Saturday, cool 10 a.m. We will see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace. Whoa. Look Whoa. Look at this guy. He watched the entire video. What a cool guy. I think the next thing that he wants to do is hit the like button and then probably even subscribe to the
2: channel. And perhaps even comment down below what he thought. That that would be pretty cool. Wow. What a cool guy. I got a real good feeling.